There have been a lot of life-changing moments throughout this journey. I mean, just the idea that you can take a little idea such as this business or the podcast, for example, and that that can lead into some wild and wacky and crazy and incredible things such as being on the biggest stage, you know, in in fashion in Australia. It's remembering that sometimes you don't know ultimately where you're going to end up, but by just taking a chance and saying yes to something, it can lead you to those amazing places. Hey, welcome to the Lady Brains podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Judd and Anna McKenzie, co-founders of Lady Brains, a digital and IRL club for female founders and founders-to-be. If you're smart, savvy and ambitious, then Lady Brain, you are in the right place. Get ready for a dose of inspo, hard-hitting truths and actionable insights. Strap in. So we haven't done a Q&A episode uh, for a little while, an Ask Us Anything episode. I think it was last year, was it? Yeah, I think it was like 10 months ago, actually. So yeah. it's been a long time. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. Um, that, was, that was a good one. I remember just laughing. So I think go back and have a listen to that if you're interested. <laughs> um, there were some funny moments in there. There were. But we thought we would jump on and do another one because it is our fifth birthday. And we can hardly believe it. So we thought it would be good to get some questions from you guys and and just share a little bit more about what's what's happened over the last five years. So there's a few in here. Shall we get started? We shall. All right, let's get going. So the first question, Anna, what has been your favorite moment of the journey over the last five years? Oh my God, there are so many. But one that really stands out for me Mm. is when we secured Bubba as a guest. So this was ages ago. This was in 2019 for context. Um, We were living together and we were about to go over to New York and record the podcast. So I'd quit my job. Caitlin had gone all in too. And we were like planning for this crazy recording studio, uh, recording trip to New York. And for people who don't know who Bubba is, she's like this fashion icon in New York. She is like super cool, has the most amazing style. She also at the time had a marketing agency, but now she's got a hair care brand. And also Caitlin was obsessed with her, slash is obsessed with her. (laughs) And I remember being like, fuck, I've got to get Bubba like on the slide. Like I've got got to surprise Caitlin and get Bubba. So I, I found her email through various people that I connected with and I finally managed Mm -hmm. to get her email and I emailed her saying we were coming to New York and we'd love to um, we'd love to chat with her on the podcast. And she sent an email back while we were both at home. I was in my bedroom upstairs. Caitlin was in her bedroom downstairs. Because we live together. Because we live together. And I remember receiving the email to our business email address. And about 10 seconds later, I heard Caitlin scream. Literally <laughs> scream. Do you remember that? No, that's oh hilarious. You screamed from downstairs. and I Actually, like, you ran down. I remember you running down the stairs and landing on the top, like the, yeah. at the bottom of our staircase. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 And you was, because you hadn't known that I'd reached I out. I had no like, idea. This was your dream guest. And I've actually pulled up the email that she sent us back just for Brilliant. Love it. So she was like, hey, Anna and Caitlin, so exciting. I'll be in upstate New York. Um, I was in New York before heading to Copenhagen Fashion Week. Oh, darling. Not sure what your schedule looks like, but if you're up for a day trip to nature, I'm more than happy to host you at our summer house and record in upstate. It's about two hours drive from the city. Um, And then she said in the following email, you're also welcome to stay overnight. We have two extra bedrooms. And so... (laughs) 
we did that. We ended up going upstate, staying with Bubba in her upstate house in New York with her and her husband. And it was the most surreal moment. It was the most surreal moment. It really was. It's still a bit of a pinch me moment that that happened. Shooting an email off from, you know, Melbourne, Australia, and then landing. Yeah, yeah, Pran. And then landing, you know, in her summer home. And I remember we took her an Australian cookbook, which was really cute. Um, Yeah, that was a gift that we gave her. Yeah, an Australian cookbook. And, um, And, yeah, it was just such a beautiful moment, like staying there, sitting out there by the lake, having a conversation about women in business and the similar challenges that, you know, we had both experienced. And, yeah, that is that is wild. That was a crazy, crazy, crazy moment. Yeah, I love that that one. um, That was pretty early on in the journey. Mm. I think the podcast had only been around for nine months. So the fact that we were able to nab such an amazing guest Mm. through cold email Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) was wild. So that was my favourite moment. What about yours? Yeah, I did. I mean, obviously, I love that one too. Oh, there's been so many. This is a really hard question, but Mm. I think like if I really tap into the the moment where I was like, "Holy crap!" um, There's probably like two, but they're related. It was the moment that we walked up to Carriage Works for Australian Fashion Week and Lady Brains was stuck on the wall of of Carriage Works alongside all these incredible designers and it was the entire schedule and we were on the schedule twice Um, and I just remember like... We were both like, what the hell? How has this happened? You know, the official media partner of Australian Fashion Week. And it was that moment, but it was also the moment where we were invited up to Sydney um, a couple of months earlier for the launch party. And that was at the Sydney Opera House. And, you know, that again was a pinch me moment just to be there, to be recognized as the media partner. But yeah, it was like, wow, that little tiny seed of an idea that we had to start a podcast, you know, managed to land us on such a huge stage. And yeah, that was a pretty memorable um, and one of my favorite moments so far. For sure. It still gives me shivers, actually, thinking yeah. about that. Yeah. Seeing us on that, on that big, um, yeah, on that big schedule, <laughs> plastered yeah. across the wall. It was wild. Ah, so wild. So wild. Okay, so this is a similar question Mm -hmm. but slightly different. Okay, Caitlin, what has been one of the most memorable moments with Mm. a guest? Oh, again, as we're hitting 100 episodes, so many. But um, I think like the most memorable or just like the most shock shocking moment um, would have to be when we were in upstate New York. we were interviewing Sasha Benz. We're out of the Hamptons, weren't we? Yeah, we're and, in the Hamptons. Yeah, we're in the Hamptons. Oh, the Hamptons, um, Oh, yeah, sorry, just a little drop that one in there um, on our recording tour to New York. No big deal. Um, and we were interviewing Sasha Benz and we were in her beautiful home. We were, you know, we were basically the entire, yeah, we were almost entirely through the the recording and her phone starts ringing and we're like, we're kind of like, oh, um, do, you, you know, do you need to answer that? She's like, oh, yeah, I think I do, do you mind if I just quickly grab this? And we're like, no, no stress. We can just pause it and we'll keep going. So she picks up the phone 
and she's having this conversation and it, it seemed kind of serious and, you know, we're just sitting there going, oh, what's going on? I hope everything's okay. And she hangs up the phone and she looks at us and she's like, guys, I'm so sorry to do this, but I'm going to have to wrap up the podcast. Um, I'm going to have to leave. And we're like, oh, God, like what's it's going happened- on? Like, you know, is everything okay? And she goes, yeah, I just got a call from uh, one of the managers at one of my stores. She has a um, clothing store in the Hamptons and she said, yeah, they just let me know that Beyonce is heading over, <laughs> heading over to that. my store. I probably need to go. <laughs> and we're just like, I'm sorry, did you just say Beyonce is heading over to your store? Yeah, I, I, I think that this is a good time to wrap up the podcast. Can we come with you also? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we were like, so we, so we she, she left us at her home, which was hilarious. Yeah. We're like uploading, the, you know, we're like on her Wi-Fi uploading the episode. We're, and so I remember we were sitting out the front like on her swing and, and we're like, okay, how do we get back to town like as quickly as possible to see to go Beyonce spotting? Um, and I remember we got on bikes and we like we did. you know hot full hot footed it. But on our bikes we um we zipped over. To, we didn't unfortunately the the moral of the story is we didn't get to see her. But it was um but that was a that was a memorable and quite a funny moment. It was so wild. Like we were yeah. two degrees of separation from Beyonce. Two degrees. Like what oh the hell? God. What that the hell? That was funny. Mm. That was funny. That was great. Um, next one. What's been the most heartwarming or rewarding moment? I have a, I have like, oh my god, this is like tingles to me. Was definitely our bush bushfire fundraiser, and yes. that was the beginning of. 2020. It was January 2020, and Australia had unfortunately been, or Victoria, New South Wales, unfortunately had been ravaged by um, bushfires that season, and it was devastating. I remember you and I were down um, the coast. We were down in Barwon Heads at the time, and um, you know we were just like watching the news, and and we're thinking, oh my god, like this is awful. What can we do? Like we have a community. A really engaged, beautiful, compassionate community. How can we mobilize everyone to kind of, you know, get behind um, some of these uh, incredible foundations, such as Wildlife Victoria, which we decided to align with, to um, yeah, pull some money and uh, and help out. And so, I we just got into action so quickly, and we managed to organize this bushfire fundraiser, which was held at. The SB. Thanks, guys, for letting us like use the SB. Um, and we put on like a concert, and it was there was like a DJ. We hosted a panel. We had you know people from the the news reporting on um, the bushfire and kind of the beautiful stories that um, they'd come across, like people that had lost everything, like the devastation. But it was quite a hopeful, beautiful evening. Um, we had the Daily Talk Show, the boys from the Daily Talk Show at the time there. They were also great. We had Ryan Shelton turn up. I mean, it was just like we mobilised so quickly and we managed to raise, I think, just shy of $20,000. Yeah, it was twenty k. It was around twenty k. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, that's the most, I think, yeah, for me, it's just, uh, yeah, it's the most heartwarming um, moment because I think everyone got behind what we were trying to do and everyone had the same vision and everyone put money in and we had a like we had a um a raffle an auction um we had everything it was amazing and also it 
for context, it was a one week turnaround. Like, and I think this was definitely the most heartwarming moment for me. And I think, Mm. you know, we, we pulled it together, but we had a huge amount of help from Caitlin. Shout out to Caitlin from the Lady Brands community, not you, another Caitlin. Yeah. Another one. Helped us pull it all together. And then we, yeah, we just reached out to all these random people in our network. Everybody got behind us and contributed. And, and it's, it was amazing to see what is possible Mm. to do and turn around in such a short space of time um, if everyone's kind of on board and and on on the same path. So, yeah, that was an amazing, amazing moment. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And also all the brands that, you know, donated gifts and goodies for our auction. I mean, it was, yeah, it was was amazing. Mm. Um, Who has been your favourite interview guest? My favourite interview, oh my gosh, there are so many, but I'm probably going to have to go with the interview that is also everyone else's favourite because it has been (laughs) our number one episode for literally ever, Um, and that is the interview with CJ Hendry, um, artist CJ Hendry, who, again, we met in New York. I feel like New York was a really, (laughs) that was a big moment for us. (laughs) We peaked. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think we've shared this story before, but we spent two whole days with her in the studio in New York. Mm. We spoke for eight hours. We had lunch together. We had dinner together. We were, like, chatting. We met her husband. We just, we literally became best mates with her in that 48 hours that we spent time with her. And um, she was an example of someone who just doesn't give a shit about anyone else's opinion. Mm. She has such incredible creativity and that sort of leads everything that she does. And she just took no prisoners. She didn't, you know, she was unapologetic in the way that she is. She's still that way. Um, And it was just so energizing being around somebody like that. So that for sure was my favorite interview. But I mean, there were so many. What about you? So many. Oh, I mean, yeah, again, so hard. Um, I loved meeting Sarah Fryer. I think mm. that was a really nice experience. We met her in the studio. Um, you know, she's one of the only, one of four top execs in Silicon Valley, um, and she was just a wealth of knowledge and a really beautiful person. Um, I mean, Baba again. You know, sitting by the lake chatting to her and then recording in the morning after we did like a little walk like that was really you know that was really nice um who else have I loved I mean yeah they've all been they've just all been quite magical you know when someone's giving you their time um and they're uh like you know sharing their journey their story all the lessons that they've learned I mean that's a privilege to be able to sit in the studio with them so yeah, they've all been. They're, they're all my favourites. They're like babies. I can't choose which yeah. one I like the most. <laughs> so good. All right, this is a this is a funny question. <clears throat> yeah. What has somebody told you off mic? What bombshells have you heard? <gasps> oh my there god! Actually, there's actually a few. There's actually been quite a few. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if we can put names to these, but um, probably not. But there have been mm. a few. We've like again, and that's the privilege of being able to just like sit down with someone, and they're kind of in the mode or the mood to tell you their story. And so sometimes a few things have like slipped out, which has been good. I think the biggest and best one mm. had to have been. Um, <laughs> 
So for those of you who follow CJ Hendry, the artist, you'll know that she has a second business with her husband called Annie Blank, which is basically um, a sort of high volume art business. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Andy Blank was a was a character basically and and for about three years nobody knew who Andy Blank was um you know people just knew him as the guy in Brooklyn but nobody knew who was behind the brand a bit like Banksy (laughs) like it was his whole smoke and mirrors thing yeah anyway so when we're in New York in 2019 and you know we instantly connected with CJ and we were having a having a chat after the podcast she's like guys I've got to tell you something but I cannot like you cannot tell anyone my parents don't even know this. Um, literally no one knows this and no one's ever going to know this, but I'm going to tell you. And we were like, oh, we're so special. <laughs> I don't know how true that was, but um, she was like, come with me. So we walked out of the studio, walked down the road in Brooklyn, walked into this other humongous building, went up to the top floor and it was just this open kind of cavernous space mm. that was this gigantic art studio with people everywhere hand producing art but hand producing art at scale which is the whole premise behind Annie Blank and she's like Mm. this is my second business that no one knows about and it's gonna be fucking huge and it was amazing and you know that it didn't come out until probably six to nine months ago that it was actually CJ and her husband behind that brand so we had known that for about what three years before yeah. it became public knowledge. Yeah, and just being able to like go through the um yeah, the, her the warehouse was was super super cool. So, yeah, that was a scoop. That was that's probably one of the biggest scoops. What other yeah, ones have we had? Definitely. I mean, what else have we had? We had someone, we had an early pregnancy announcement. We've we've oh, had yeah. that. We've had things like that. We've had um I guess guests tell us that they have gotten a contract with, you know, a big retailer before that became public knowledge. So we definitely got a lot of those. We got a fair few of those scoops, like Mm. got into Woolworths, got into uh, like, you know, insert international retailer. Like that, that was, you know, that was cool to know and to be able to celebrate in that moment with them before, you know, it became public knowledge. Um, We had someone tell us that they were giving themselves like a year to kind of drain their account and make their business work. And if by the end of the year, it's not going to work out, they're going to step away. Um, so there was that a was lot a of candid, one. that was recently. That was this year. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of candid, um, honest conversations with our guests. This is a funny question. Yeah. And one specific example comes to mind. I'll be interested to see if it's the same example. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Any what's the crazy moments during the podcast? podcast crazy moments um i mean i think the craziest moment was when we were threatened to be sued that's, that's probably the craziest was, that's <laughs> what i was thinking, thinking. <laughs> i mean like what yeah. is us like recording this innocent little podcast and we get a like not a cease and desist but like we get a we get a um an email saying hey uh yeah if you put that up we're gonna take we're gonna take legal action what was yeah, it about? No, we, what well, was, what, what was it about? Well, we we can't. I can't. Uh, yeah, we if probably can't we say, say who... what it's about. Then we it'll be very clear who the guest is. Uh, but basically, okay. it was a couple of questions that were not 
PR agency approved. Mm. Um, and, you know, we often sort of sneak questions that aren't approved in there if it's a guest who asks we approved questions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these two were a little bit cheeky. It was a bit of a controversial public situation. And, yeah, um, yeah the guest continued with the interview, um, but her agent afterwards sent a very fierce email to us. Um, so that was interesting. <laughs> yep. Uh, fun times. Fun Threatening times. to be sued. That's, that's yeah, that is definitely the, uh, the craziest moment that we've experienced with the podcast so far. Okay. All right. Uh, are oh, there, yeah. Last potty question. Are there any characteristics that are common to the guests you've interviewed? Mm, it's a good question. It is a good question. I think the first thing that comes to mind is there's just such variation. Mm. Um, like, you know, we've had founders who are incredibly visionary, like Joe Horgan, and then we've had founders who are incredibly in the detail, like Puno from I Love Creatives. We've had, you know, founders that are incredibly creative like Bobby Clark and and Plant Mama and then founders who are all numbers driven and commercial like Christy from Moddy Body. Like I, there's been so much variation. I guess oh, common characteristics. I mean I think the most successful people and I think this is common to everybody that we've interviewed is mm. that everyone who is at that level of success or, um, you know, that level of business understands that they can't do it alone and see actively seeks out help. So and actively seeks out help when they're flourishing and not only when they're in, in the weeds and they're struggling. Um, I think, I think that's pretty common. I think that's pretty common. And it's an interesting one because I think a lot of early stage founders are like, I have to do everything myself. But actually the biggest lesson is you can't and you don't and you shouldn't. Um, and even people who are at the top of their game seek help mm. from mentors, from experts, from their staff members, etc. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think I would say that they're all really great problem solvers. and. They all solve, I guess, problems in different ways, whether, you know, that's by themselves or with others or using data or using their gut and intuition. But they are really good at identifying the problem and putting a framework around that problem and, and a timeline and saying, all right, let's solve it in this way um, and get into kind of solution mode. And I think that's what I, yeah, I kind of picked up on that throughout you know, the entire journey of of uh, interviewing so many founders is that they just didn't spend too much time on the problem. They would go into that solution and finding an answer, whether or not it was the right answer or the right solution, um, they were quick to solve problems and solve them in creative ways. So I think, yeah, that's that was one of my takeaways. All right. Do you ever get nervous when speaking to founders? Not anymore. I definitely used to because it was something that we have never done before um and we're not media trained so yeah absolutely in the beginning now no and it's funny sitting in the room and being that expert and the guests looking to you um for that confidence and that calm so yeah no not now what about you uh no exactly the same as you I think in the beginning <clears throat> um 
always had a little bit of nerves and I think nerves are a good thing. Shows that you care, shows that you're invested. Um, but no, not anymore. I think I probably get a little bit more nervous when we do live events and live podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the ones in the studio are virtual. It just it's our, it's our bread and butter now. Like, <laughs> um, It is. It's nice when you master a skill. Um, another question. When have you been the most nervous over the last five years? What's given you a bit of I don't want to say anxiety, but what's made you a little bit stressed? Oh, definitely, 100% the moment before we were going to walk on stage to interview Rebecca Valance at Fashion Week, for sure. Um, Fashion Week number two, I wasn't as nervous, but Fashion Fashion Week number one in front of our big live show, standing to the side of the stage and seeing the audience and the lights and the cameras and Beck was there and it was just so full on and I was so nervous. And I actually love public speaking and so... That for me was a really, I was shocked by how stressed I was. But then Isn't when we got out there, funny? it was totally fine. It was totally yeah, fine. Yeah, totally. That's interesting because I was, I thought that I would be in that moment, but I mm. wasn't as, um, I wasn't as nervous in that moment, um, which is interesting. But I think the moment that probably did get me was um, at the end of the accelerator program that we did in 20. Was it 2021? 2021. No, it was 2020. Oh, my God. It was okay, so, so, I mean, all a blur. So, 2020, we did an accelerator program, um, which is fabulous. And, you know, we learned how to put a really, you know, great pitch deck together. And, and you know, it was a pathway that we had pursued at that time, um, but decided ultimately it wasn't the right pathway for us uh, then. But we had to pitch to, like, investors and we were at a home and, we'd you know, we'd refine this deck and we knew it and we knew it off my heart. But it was like the moment. When you sit down, you're like, holy crap, we have to now present this to, I think there were, what, 150 people or something? Yeah, it was a big call, yeah. It was a big call. Um, And, yeah, I was just like nervous energy. And because you've got to wait, you've got to sit and wait and watch everyone else's pitch. And I think that's the problem. It's probably easier if you're like the first one off the bat. You know, it's like, all right, you go and then you can sit back and kind of watch everyone. And I think we sat somewhere towards the like middle to end. So we're watching everyone else's and and I remember like having to do like push-ups, you know, in the yeah, room you were doing to like, star jumps I was doing, like, like star jumps to get the energy, yeah, the energy yeah. out. But that that was pretty, you know, first time, first time pitching to investors. That was probably like the the most nerve-wracking um yeah. moment. But yeah. Um aside from that, I mean there's there's always been moments, but you know, you yeah. kind of just you just do it, right? All right, last one in this little section. Mm-hmm. What has changed your life? Uh, I think, you know, again, there have been a lot of life-changing moments um, throughout this journey. I mean, just the idea that, you know, you can take a little idea such as this business or the podcast, for example, and that that can lead into some wild and wacky and crazy and incredible things such as being on the biggest stage, you know, in, in fashion in Australia. So, yeah, it's just like not f- – it's remembering that you don't know ultimately – sometimes you don't know ultimately where you're going to end up, but by just taking a chance and saying yes to something – it can lead you to those amazing places and also amazing people like the people that we've met, I think have been life changing too. Um, you know, a lot of the people that we've met throughout our lady brains community have become really close friends. Uh, you know, that I, you can just call and have a chat with or go have a drink with and that have just added a lot of, um, value and color and flavor, you know, to my life. And I'm so grateful for that. So I think that's been the biggest, most positive change, um, to my life. 
I love that. Hmm. Yeah, this is um, an interesting question. I think for me, the biggest change has just been, I think, my outlook. Like prior to Lady Brains, I had only worked in jobs and I'd only worked in big jobs, in big businesses, in structured environments. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about working in those sorts of environments and having a job. And I don't, you know, don't, um, I think there's so many pros to that. But I think, you know, after spending five years being in business, being in charge of my own time, um, my own energy, my own work, and creating, as you said, a completely new network, like the people that I hang around with now and I know and I surround myself with now, um, it's quite different from five mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we still have our amazing friends that we've been friends with forever. But, you know, just generally speaking, in a work context, the the community and the people that I'm around are very different. And um, many of them, all of them are doing incredible things, not necessarily just in business, but in life. And I mm. think the outlook um, about what is possible and what you actually can achieve by yourself and with the right people outside of the sort of normal structures that exist in society um, has been pretty transformative for me. So I think the business has changed everything about my life. <laughs> it's yeah. really changed everything. So, um, yeah, deep. Mm, that was a good question. Great, Great question. question. a couple of I guess product questions um someone asked or said I love your base camp branding who did it love this one also a great opportunity to shout out to our amazing designer Ali yeah Ali from Alleyway Designs she um did a great job at pulling all this together so I guess you know you and I did a lot of the upfront work um what we wanted to call it what we wanted it to look like, feel like, represent. Um, and, you know, from we kind of tackled that in many different ways, but, you know, we had the, the Pinterest board and, um, you know, we kind of did a bit of a, a, a brief or light, I like to call brand kind of, you know, strategy. But, yeah, then to kind of get, bring people in to help us execute that, um, including Ali, who just did a wonderful job. Um, yeah, it really came together in the end. But it took a while, didn't it? Because we that was the second designer that we used and um, we just weren't quite there with the first one or just, you know, I guess also with our thinking, like our thinking had to evolve too. And so by the time that did, um, we had a second designer jump on, which is Ali, and um, we nailed it. Just reminded me, mm. um, one of the questions earlier was like craziest moment or whatever. Mm. One of the other crazy moments not related to the podcast that just came to mind was the night before we launched Basecamp, the entire sales page broke. Oh, good one. Oh, my God. Oh, so my God, we that had, one. Okay, so we, we literally had been working on, we've been working on Basecamp, which is our kind of, our course that basically pulls mm. 
all 100 podcast episodes into structured, educational, practical, actionable material. So we've been working on this for two years. The branding had taken a year. The sales page, which Caitlin, you know, you and our developer had done such an amazing job. Like you had spent so much time finessing that damn thing. Like every single letter, every single spacing, every single color, like it was perfect. Pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was great. The night before, literally about 11 p.m. before we were going to launch, the entire sales page broke and disappeared and the entire thing it was a mare oh we freaked out oh my god and I couldn't get onto the developer so I just remember I'm I'm sending SOS calls like the whole thing's down we have emails scheduled and ready to go and I remember not being able to get onto, yeah, the developer on that night. And so I was like, okay, just like there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do in this moment because, I mean, I tried, we tried to kind of find it, fix it. And I thought the more we go down that rabbit hole, the worse this problem could get. Like let's not tinker. Tinker. Mm. You know, hopefully it's still there. (laughs) Hopefully it's still there. So I just thought like, I don't know. You you can't you can't stress in that moment. I've you know I've been there before, and so I remember going to bed. I don't know how much of a good rest I had, but you know I remember thinking, just go to bed and wake up tomorrow, and like let's solve it first thing in the morning. And so woke up in the morning. I remember going to get a coffee, and I'm just like I'm on I'm I'm on dial. Like I'm just dialing her, dialing her, messaging her, sending her messages. Like the poor thing. What? Is wrong yeah. With you guys. yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she was either coming back from a vacation or I don't know what was happening, but um, I just felt so bad. But she finally called me back. I'm like, oh my God, I've broken it. Like, what have I done? And then she's like, just, she's like, all right, don't stress. Let me just have a look. Tinker, tinker, tinker. She's like, nah, it's still there. It's all good. Like, I can fix this. And oh my God, just that's, I, I can, I can see myself on the site, on the, on the um, footpath out the front of the coffee shop with my coffee, just being like, I could cry right now. Like I could, I just so clearly remember that moment. So yeah, that was, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a bit that of a, a wild moment, a wild, shocking moment. Um, these oh things happen. God, they do. These they things do. happen. Hello. Hello. All right. What has surprised you? Mm, mm. Good question. What has surprised you as you've launched more products and services? <clears throat> mm, it's a good one. Um, it is a good one. So I think for me, one of the most surprising things that we had done was we launched a product without really truly validating that our community wanted Mm. it, which is against every textbook, (laughs) every Mm -hmm. piece of business advice, also against our own business advice. Like Mm -hmm. it's obviously beneficial to actually validate that your customers want what you're creating so that they buy it when you create it like it's business 101 but we um saw that black friday was coming up at the end of the year and we were like you know i come from a retail background one of our really good friends is in the digital marketing space we all are consumers so we understand kind Mm -hmm. of the noise around black friday and we thought this could be a really good opportunity for our community to create an epic campaign and make some money at the end of the year you know this was 2021 after two years of absolute, you know, a shit show. Um, And so we pulled together this course without validating the product and it went really well (laughs) and it sold um, and it was really valuable. And Mm. so many of our students, you know, achieved the most ridiculous sales results. So that was an interesting one for me because that goes against everything that I believe to be true. Um, 
Yeah, it was an interesting one. Yeah, agreed. I mean, yeah, we didn't validate that, um, but we kind of we used a different validation method, which was like, okay, a lot of product-based businesses um, and I suppose a lot of people interested in, they'd started their business but needed that marketing support and that was probably more so through just conversations that we'd had and through our mentor program and mm. just understanding those trends so we looked at it from a slightly different yeah <laughs> angle um but yeah as you said worked really really well and incredible results the other one for me um we have been working behind the scenes and building a relationship with a school and we've we've managed to take you know, Basecamp, our online entrepreneurship program and all the insights from our um, podcast guests, as you just mentioned, and turn that into a school program and to start to sell that into schools. And again, you know, I think it was those early conversations where we just knew that there was an opportunity there. And they're like, oh, you know, we like this is the kind of stuff we would love to deliver to the girls. And I guess, you know, it takes a while to be able to integrate new curriculum and um, into uh, – it takes a while to integrate uh, new material into a curriculum. And so we knew that it would be a lot, slightly longer game, but um, but we knew that there was interest there. So we continued to pursue that. And, yeah, and now it's turning out to be a, a really incredible opportunity. So I think that one's also surprised me. Yeah, definitely the long game. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been three years in development, so the long game will eventually pay off. <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day. Oh, one day. Yeah, one day. Um, all right, takeaways, reflections. All right, CJ, what oh, yeah. has worked really well in our business? I think one thing that we have learned to do really well is to make money off the podcast. It was a challenge in the early days, but we figured it out. And while we don't have the biggest numbers, we're not the biggest podcast out there, we do have solid numbers. Um, You know, we just are naturally a a more niche podcast. podcast. We've managed to make money through podcast founder features. um, And we've also figured out how to value the show and be able to create value exchanges with some of our podcast guests. So for example, um, you know, we did an exchange with one of our guests whereby they helped produce video content for us for one of our programs. Another one was our merchandise. We had the the girls on our show, um, you know, merch girls, and, you know, they were able to help us produce some of our merchandise at, a, at cost. So I think, you know, it's, it's definitely we've figured out unique creative ways um, to be able to leverage our show. And I think that's really that's, that's been a huge lesson um, and something that we've worked at for a long time. Yeah, I was actually going, going to say what's worked really well for us is leverage. And mm. I think you know, it it's possible to value an asset like a podcast and, and you know, we learned to do that through mm. um, or we got some help with from somebody who operates in the media and sponsorship space, but you can really put a price on a podcast episode or you can put a price on a campaign based on how many media impressions you expect mm. that campaign to deliver. So we are very clear and know how much our podcast episodes are worth. And so um, we've been able to use that as leverage, as, as you've said, to to do some really amazing partnerships with some, mm. some guests. Um, that's been really awesome for both of us. But I think we're also really good at leveraging one guest to, to get the next guest. I think that we're was really fun. good. 
I think we're really good at leveraging, you know, one guest relationship to get an introduction to the next brand partnership. Mm. We're really good at leveraging one relationship or one introduction to get the next one. And I think, you know, you have to adopt a giving mindset when it comes to this. You know, the number of podcast guests that we've interviewed that we connect to people who we, you know, that we connect to brands um, that we sort of give before we take or give before we get, I think is really important. Like you have to have that giving mentality. But I think we've been able to, yeah, we've been able to kind of exponentially grow our impact through leverage. So I think that's mm. worked really well. Yeah, nice. Um, what hasn't worked so well or hasn't gone to plan? I think one of the things that definitely didn't go to plan was the launch of Basecamp. And I think there was so much tied up in the launch of that program for us because it was the first, you know, it was meant to be the first online course in a suite of online courses in a business that was sort of going in this educational direction. And that educational direction was a decision that we made, you know, a couple of years ago now. And Basecamp was really kind of like the first foray into that education space. So not only was it a huge project, but it also carried a lot of, I guess, weight um, for us because it was the first big thing that was going to take us in the future direction of the business. And that took two years. Um, to create. And I think part of that was outside of our control. Like it was Mm. COVID and we had to cancel shoots and, you know, there was so many delays that were outside of our control. But I think part of that was um, this desire to create a perfect product, a perfect brand, a perfect sales page, the perfect content. Um, You know, you and I have really high standards and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But I think for me, you know, the lesson there is probably like, Sometimes you just need to let go a little bit um, in order to move forward. But, you know, I mean, it's all sort of worked out in the timing that it's worked out in and we're now taking base camp into school. So everything, the universe has a plan. And I think sometimes you just need to accept that maybe the timing that you had in your head is not the timing that the universe has for you. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've got to trust the timing too. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, and that's a fine balance working out where's the deadline that cannot be moved. And in the end, we had a deadline that could not be moved. Um, but also, what does the universe have planned? What does the universe have planned for me? Um, mm. So, I mean, that's a lifelong lesson, I think. Mm. <laughs> that's definitely a lifelong lesson. And I definitely. think, yeah, the other thing that I feel like maybe, you know, didn't go to plan or hasn't worked so well. Like we, there was never, there was never a shortage of opportunities. And I think you and I though said yes to a lot of things when perhaps we should have said no. Um, And I think, you know, we're yes people and we probably fuel each other and fuel each other's excitement for an opportunity and have perhaps taken a few detours um, that, you know, again, there's always a lesson and there's always something that you're going to take out of that detour. But yeah, I think there was perhaps times that we, we walked down a path that we didn't necessarily need to, or, or we shouldn't have. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's all, there's always things that just didn't work and didn't go to plan. Hey, I mean, always. I feel like it, like, yeah, it's like, like what did go to plan? <laughs> is the better yeah. question. Like what that is actually that is has, actually yeah. What has gone to plan? Like yeah, it's um. But I you know I think that is the nature of business, and I think it's the nature of business, especially in this environment where you know mm. it's it's 
like, you know, COVID, but then also the recession and everything, you know, it's, I think being able to manage or being able to adapt to things not going to plan is actually the greater skill um, rather than planning and delivering on a plan. Actually, it's about being agile and just figuring out like how to, how do you tweak, how do you twist, how do you turn to kind of get yourself back on track. And I think we have become pretty good at that. We've had so many opportunities to do that. <laughs> yeah. So many opportunities. So, yeah. But I'm you know what? All- I'm just laughing at the comment like, yeah, didn't plan COVID, didn't plan the recession. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did not plan that. Did not, that did not go to plan. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh, dear. yeah. So, uh, quit- quitting our jobs and going all in six months before COVID hit and um, all brands stopped sponsoring podcasts for 12 months. That didn't go to plan. But, that you know, we didn't here. go to plan. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. survived. So, um, you got to laugh at it. You, you just have to laugh. Otherwise, you know, what else will you do? <laughs> what else do you do? Absolutely. Um, next question If someone was to start their business today, what advice would you give them? So many pieces of advice, but I think the piece of advice I would give to myself five years ago and to other people would be don't obsess over the small things. And I think this is particularly relevant to people who are detail oriented, um, Mm. which I am. And, you know, it's like there are so many small things to obsess over, getting back to people in the inbox, uh, you know, this invoice going out on this date, um, you know, should I spend $20 on a subscription? It's like, no, don't think about that stuff. Think about the big questions. Think about how you're going to get your next 20 clients. Think about how you're going to build the next product. Think about, um, you know, the bigger picture things and let go of the detail. I mean, I think detail is important because detail is action, but it's very easy to be pulled into the weeds, um, especially if you're a solo founder and you're doing everything yourself and especially in the early days. But obsessing over the small things kind of, it's a distraction. So that's something that I have had to learn actively not to do and it's something that I practice every day. I have this saying that I, have this saying that I say to myself, get out of the weeds and into the clouds. It's like a mantra because I catch myself getting into the weeds. Um, on a daily basis. And so I think that would be my big, my big piece of advice is mm. don't obsess over the detail. It's a good one. What about for you? For sure, for sure. I think one of my biggest lessons and probably ad- advice for someone that's starting a business is like, do it for the right reason. You know, I think it's really easy to get caught up in the glitz and the glamour and the show of starting a business. You know, we've spoken about the rock star life, rock star lifestyle, which it's far from. Um, but you know, when when the rubber hits the road, like you have to really know yourself, and you have to really understand and have a strong sense of your values because those values are going to steer you through the ups and downs, the highs and the lows, and they're going. There will be plenty of those. So really understanding your values and it's not, you know, what I've, what I've realized is values and kind of passion or um, just an interest in, in something, you know, whether it's the product, the service, the business, the brand, you really have to separate your values from that passion because the passion will kind of die out and burn out at times, but the the values, as long as you're living 
to them and and getting up each day and showing up each day in alignment with your values, that's what's going to keep you on your path. Um, And you really can't ever question that. And if things don't work out, you can hand on your heart, look back and go, well, I was living in alignment and I was doing everything that I could do. And, you know, that's enough. That will be enough. What's been the hardest thing to overcome? Um, I think this will resonate with literally every business owner under the sun, but I would say cash flow. Cash flow Mm. ebbs and flows. It sometimes can be out of your control. Um, We deal with a lot of brands. I mean, we have our own product, but a large part of our business is B2B and you know, sometimes invoices don't get paid on time. Um, we've done a lot of work to try and improve our cash flow in terms of how we invoice people and how we chase up payments and all that sort of stuff. But um, I think the biggest the biggest thing that's had an impact for us is sitting down with our accountant every fortnight. And he is a legend. He helps us make decisions. Yeah. He helps us um, figure out how to manage our expenses and how to, you know, he figures, he helps us manage our cash flow. And so that's my biggest, highest recommendation to anyone is get a good, get a good accountant and meet with them, um, meet with them regularly, regularly if you awesome. can. But All I think, do you know what? Like <laughs> thinking back to so many episodes that we've done with podcast guests, like so many people um, say that cash flow is one of the biggest, biggest things. And I it think is. it's just part of business. Totally. So um, get the support around you to help. That would be my biggest, biggest piece of advice around that. Yeah. And I think like, you know, it, like yes, it's it's a challenge, and it and it signifies perhaps where you're at in your business, and perhaps the health of your business. But it doesn't signify the end, and I think that's really important. Just because you might be in a tight cash flow position doesn't mean that there aren't future opportunities, and there are ways to manage the cash flow at that time. Because there's always a solution. It's an easy thing to get stressed about and it is very vital and very important, but it's almost like we bring a lot of those money stories and we get stuck in that and we tell ourselves that this is a really bad situation when quite often there is support um, and there is help or there are creative or alternative ways to figure it out in that moment. So, yeah, I think um, cash flow is so, it is, it is, I think, yeah, the number one challenge that any small mm. business um, or new business um, or even later stage business like Kate Morris talking about mm. how she was sitting in her car crying thinking how am I going to be able to pay my staff next week you know she was in a dire situation but she made it work so it's temporary um, but yeah it, it, it can be a challenge and that's the reality of the reality of yeah owning your own business unfortunately and I think you're right. Like we can often look at the numbers and go, this is a, st- it's a static situation. Like this is the situation that I'm in, but it's fluid. And like, you know, so even fluid. the term like cash flow, flow, like it flows in, it flows out, it's fluid. And so I think adopting that mindset that it is a fluid thing and money will go in and go out. It's just about how you manage that wave mm. um, and getting the right support to do that is like key. It's been key definitely, definitely. Love you. Love you, accountant. Love you. If you're yeah, seriously, <laughs> so good. Okay, final two questions. What have you learned about yourself along the journey over the last five years? What have you learned about yourself, Caitlin Judd? Oh my god, um, I've learned a lot of things. A lot of things about myself as a 
founder and as a business owner, some good, some not so good. And I think that's going to be an ongoing journey and continuing to learn about myself in in certain moments that arise in the business. Um, but one that, you know, one that's just really struck me as, you know, I've kind of moved to Sydney and, you know, we've kind of brought different people in to support us, like our accountants and and just, you know, kind of changed the way that we operate a bit is I can put all my eggs into the business basket, so to speak. And I really did consume I I was I what is it? I was drinking from the fire hose. Like I was just I was all in, right? And and I didn't really leave room for very much else in my life. Um and that's not healthy. That's not healthy at all. And I think it came at a cost um to relationships, to my mental health, um, to so many different things. And so yeah, what I've realized is, you know, you can you can have a healthy obsession with work. You can love what you do and you can show up and you can, you know, work hard, but you really do need to have a balance um, of other things, whether that's, you know, exercise, whether that's um, other creative pursuits and passions, whether that's um, friendships, relationships, um, having your own family, a partner, whether it's, you know, travel. There are so many other things that you need to integrate with your life because then it it actually enriches the experience of your work. And I don't know if a lot of people see it that way. Perhaps they do. And maybe I've just been, you know, and it's funny because like I, I love all those things and I do all those things, but I think the last two years and, and a lot of it has been a result of just the circumstance that we've been in and not being able to do a whole lot when you, you know, in Melbourne in lockdown, but I, I really did lean into work rather than kind of other healing or um, other activities that, you know, probably would have benefited my social, benefited me. So yeah, what I've learned is that you know, you can have a healthy obsession with work, but it's not everything. And to find that balance, whatever that balance means to you, because balance means something else, to, means something different to everyone. So find your find your version of balance um, and just remember that, yeah, you know, you've got a full life to live and it's work's not everything. Uh, praise. <laughs> praise. Oh my oh god, my but god. honestly, I mean I'm learning something new every fucking day, that's for sure. What about you? I I <laughs> like I don't want to like copy your answer, but I I I I feel very similar. And I think, mm. you know, I think it is a result. I think a lot of people are feeling this um mm. coming out of COVID, but you know, I we have just taken three and a half weeks off almost. Mm. Um, you went to Italy. I actually stayed mm. at home. I spent the entire three and a half weeks reading and writing. I caught up mm. with a few people, but I was literally, and you know, I'm quite extroverted. So spending three and a half weeks by myself, just reading and writing was, it was actually a gift to myself. And I, you know, it just made me realize like, like exactly to your point, you can be passionate and you can you know, enjoy what you do, but actually getting up and starting work at 8am and finishing at 5pm, it's like, why? Um, you know, I've definitely learned that I fill the time that I dedicate to work with work, whether that's one hour a day or 10 hours a day, I'll fill the time. And 
actually, you know, spending fewer hours a day on fewer things is not only making me feel healthier and happier, but actually I'm producing better work. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just like leaning out a little bit but actually leaning in, you know. Quiet like, quitting, are you? You're quite quiet yeah, quitting. Yeah, oh, I'm quiet quitting, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, this is, oh, there's a whole trend. This is not uh, yeah, this oh, is sorry, an original yeah, idea. Yeah, a little bit behind. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're, we're, we're both behind the eight ball. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. That's actually so true. Yeah, quiet quitting. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm on the same page. Actually, the other thing that just popped into my head that I've learned about myself over the last five years mm. is I actually am a creative person. And I have had this story in my head for my entire life that I'm not because I'm not an arty person. I'm not a drawing person. Um, and I just sort of was like, well, there are creative people and there are not creative people and I'm not a creative person. So I'm just going to like lean into my strengths, which is like, you know, all the non-creative operational stuff. But actually what I've learned about myself is I am incredibly creative. Everyone is creative. Um, it's just about finding what your unique expression of creativity is. And for me, that's writing. Um, but it's also other fun stuff too. And I think recognizing that has been quite big for me. Um, mm. so that's been quite nice. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Nice. Nice. Oh my God. Final question. Oh my God. Okay. I know. This is, oh. All right. What do you want to learn next? Ugh. what do I want to learn next? I mean, gosh, there's so many things. And I think one of the, you know, kind of off the back of that last question, um, I feel like I stopped learning in a way. Like you don't ever stop learning as a, as a founder, but I feel like I stopped actively learning and I love to study. Like I actually love the process of learning new things, studying, embed it, embedding it, practicing it. So, um, that was a bit of a shame that, you know, I just didn't have the headspace um, to study over the last kind of two years. But um, I'm really excited that we have been accepted into Startmates First Believers program, which is all about investing. So learning how to invest, um, becoming angel investors. So that's that's great. Like I feel like that's the next piece for us, which we have spoken about. We are investing in our first female founded um, business, which is super exciting. So just really understanding this space and learning more about it. Um, and, you know, there's no real outcome attached to it. That's also what I love. It's like we may get into it. We may not. You know, that's that's not the point. The point is to continue to learn. So I'm really, really excited about learning that. And I'm also, I mean, there are so many kind of personal things too, but one one thing that I maybe not, yeah, I guess it is a lesson. It is a lesson because I feel like I've kind of moved away from it and it's like how can I learn um, to tap back into my intuition. We've spoken about this at length, you know, and and I'm quite an intuitive person. But and and it's and it never has led me astray. But it's when I don't listen to it that, you know, sometimes um yeah, I, I go off on the wrong path. So learning how to just stay strong, um, how to tap back into my intuition, how to follow that, let that guide me in both a professional and personal sense. I think it's much harder to let that um, lead you in a professional sense because that's not what society says to do. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how can I lead and how can I operate um, from my from my intuition and gut as well as other, you know, <laughs> ways of, of leading. But 
as a as a strong way of of leading. Um, so yeah, that's probably one thing that I'm trying to trying to learn and trying to figure out and tapping into that more kind of you know feminine energy, that feminine space of um, of of leadership and and kind of living really. So yeah, what about you? What do you want to learn? Oh um, I mean everything. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think one thing that I'm really trying to do at the moment is learn and satiate my curiosity in spaces that are outside entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love the entrepreneurial space, but actually I'm interested in so many things. I'm deeply interested in space and physics. Um, I have become deeply interested in creativity and the creative process and how to access that as someone who's like not, doesn't see themselves as a creative person. Um, You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just interested to learn about the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing is, you know, it's funny, actually, I'm, I'm trying to kind of, you know, follow the seed of curiosity in areas that are outside of what we do in the business day to day, outside of business, outside of entrepreneurship. But I'm also on this pretty big personal development journey looking inwards and learning Mm -hmm. about myself, um, which is nice. It's nice to have the headspace to be able to do that after a few years of some tough times. So, yeah, that's that's where my head's at. You're gonna love this. So I read. I was. I oh know. I was watching um, a video from Gabby Bernstein, and um, for those playing at home, she's kind of. She's. You know. She's a like a. I don't know. Spiritual leader, but very t- tapped into her intuition. But I just loved this um, sentiment, and I'd never heard it before. Maybe some of you have, but I hadn't. When an egg cracks from the outside, it's broken. But when an egg cracks from the inside, it's rebirth. And I'd never heard that. I don't know. I mean, I've read a lot of things, but that one I hadn't come across. And I was like, that's so true. Like, you know, this whole, you know, introspection and and learning about yourself is definitely an egg cracking from the inside rather than the outside, which is nice because you're in control of that crack rather than someone else cracking you. So yeah, I don't know. I think that kind of Maybe is a nice place to to wrap up. Um, nice place to wrap up. <laughs> nice place Love to wrap that. it up. The old old egg crack. <laughs> the old egg crack. And if you've made it all the way through this episode, thank you for listening. Um, but thank you to everyone who's kind of been on this mm. journey with us over the last five years. Whether you've listened to the pod, whether you've been part of our programs, whether you've worked with us one on one, whether you've just told a mate about the podcast or about us, um, we really appreciate it. We literally would not be here without the community and without you guys. And um, we're very, very appreciative. We gr- we're very grateful. Yeah, we are. I mean, it's incredible to think how many of you have listened to our podcasts, honestly, um, to listen to our voices every week. We are so grateful and we have such a beautiful community of people. And we hope that just one thing that we've said or done or shared has contributed to um, and helped you along your journey. So thank you for coming on this crazy, wonderful ride. Don't forget you know, share this episode. If you if you have found that interesting, please share it with a friend. Follow us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can learn more about us and our programs and products on our website, ladybrains.com. And if you just want to, you know, see some cute, fun, pretty pictures, go on to Instagram at lady.brains. Once again, thank you so, so much. <laughs>